0: Welcome to the Vineyard Church Podcast. For more information, visit us at vkcwest.com. Uh, today, we're going to read through and discuss Psalm 93 from the Old Testament. So if you have a Bible, uh, you can look that up in there. Or if you have an app, I encourage you to look in there. But what we're going to look at is going to we're, we're going to look at trading chaos for clarity and order. Uh, you know, Psalm 93 is the song of the day for Jews on Friday. So as they go to prayer, they read this psalm or sing it after prayer on Fridays. And the reason for that is there's 45 words in the Hebrew, uh, which uh, is the numer- numerical value of the word Adam. And so uh, it and Adam was created on the sixth day of creation. And so what a cool thing to dive into that today as we finish off 2023. Uh, Psalm 93 along with Psalm 94 through 100 are um, speaking of God as king or judge or ruler. They're called the royal psalms. And so Psalm 93 starts with these words, the Lord reigns. And this is important for you and I to remember and to be refreshed and for several reasons. Uh, few of them are this, as we say goodbye to 2023 and welcome 2024, let's set the reality that the Lord reigns firmly in our hearts. Uh, we like to say at Vineyard we're a people of the Kingdom of God. That means that all the pressure's on Him, not on us. We are people in the Kingdom of our God. Uh, as we walk into 2024, there's a presidential election here in 2024, and we need to put that into the perspective that the president presidential election uh, is a is a small side stage at the county fair compared to the reality that the Lord, God, who always has been, is king. And so that helps us approach the chaos of the year that's probably coming with a certain attitude. And then most importantly today, my hope is that we would gain clarity in the midst of the chaos that already is. You know, chaos is a state of complete disorder or confusion. Uh, If someone were to visit our world today uh, from another place, Uh, they would probably uh, make the statement if they say what one word would you say this represents and they would they may say chaos in a lot of ways depending on what day and what area they visit. Uh, One of the fastest growing professions in the world is that of professional organizer. Uh, It's because our world is in such chaos and our lives are in such chaos many times that we need people that are really good at organizing to pull things together. And so uh, they're becoming more valuable, uh, people that know how to organize chaos and bring clarity from chaos. And think about that in your life today, as you look around maybe your living room or your house or or your office or wherever you are, that someone would come in and take the things that are out of order or chaos in your life and bring it into clarity or order. Sounds pretty good, right? Well, uh, we all have varying levels. Of chaos in our lives, uh, not just our things, but our lives. Uh, your business or your company may have gone into chaos this year. Your your family may have gone into chaos this year. Um, your uh, your neighborhood may have gone into chaos. Uh, where depending on where you're watching this, maybe your country went into chaos. Uh, but what we have hope from is that God brings order and clarity into chaos. The Bible sends a clear message about this. The first few verses of the Bible actually speak to this. Uh, Genesis chapter 1, 1 through 3 say, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty and darkness was over the surface of the deep and the spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. God saw that the light was good and he separated the light from the darkness. So where it says formless and empty, it, it, it literally means uh, formless in a place of chaos. Uh, that term has been used for the state before God brought light to things. And it, so that chaos would be bad. But then when it says that God says, let there be light and there was light, he says that God saw the light and he called it good or to. And so there was chaos and then he called it good. Doesn't that sound good for your life today, for my life today, that God would come into our chaos and then bring clarity and order and bring goodness into it? You know, the worship song, This is Amazing Grace by Phil Wickham declares this as well. It says, who brings our chaos back into order? Who who makes the orphans a son and daughter? The king of glory the King of glory, who rules the nations with truth and justice, shines like the sun in all of its brilliance, the King of glory, the King above all kings. Let's dive into Psalm 93 today. Uh, A little bit of background. Psalm 93 and 94 go together. Psalm 93 talks about that the Lord is the King and He reigns. Psalm 94, which I encourage you to read on your own after this, actually shows what it's like for those that have the Lord reigning in their life on the earth. Psalm 93 was possibly written after a a great deliverance of the people of Israel in a celebration of that. We start in verse one by focusing in on the majesty of God. It says, the Lord reigns, he is robed in majesty, the Lord is robed in majesty and armed with strength. Indeed, the world is established firm, and secure. So the first statement, the Lord reigns, it means Yahweh or Jehovah is king. And it's not advice. It's not a proposal, but it's a proclamation that Yahweh is king. Uh, There's actually no debate about it. We can try to debate it, but God is declaring a truth. And so he's declaring a truth over every spirit, over every person, uh, that would set themselves up by king saying, actually, God is king. It says that God is robed in majesty and armed with strength. So to be robed or clothed or armored points towards character and intent. And so when we see majesty and strength, it's speaking of who God is. Now, majesty is incredibly hard to define. People go back and forth, the experts on this, and you know, what exactly is majesty? Well, a simple way to look at it is, uh, it, it's almost like uh, when you think of something uh, that is, and you see it, well you say, well, of course, that is them. And so when you think of a God almighty that always has been and created everything, this is saying his majesty is, when you look at him, you say, well, of course, that's God. It would be kind of like you ever see somebody uh, running and you just say, wow, that person is a runner. And, and then you see other people, maybe me, and you say, that person's not a runner. They're running, but they're, you know, they're not a runner. Or you see a, a hunter and you're just like, man, that, that person is a hunter or a cowboy, right? Uh, you know, you look and say, man, that is a cowboy or, or around here in Kansas City, a barbecue smoker. You know, there's some people that try to do it, but there's other people. No, that person, they're a smoker or you just know. You just know. So that's what majesty is, is that when you look at the Lord, you just know, well, of course. Uh, he is the only God, the only true God, uh, just by looking at him. Now, it says that he is as strength. And so think might. You know, when you say that someone is mighty, that's what it's getting across. And, and we get the picture that nothing's impossible for God, that he actually is the strongest. He is all powerful. And then it says that, The world is established, firm, and secure. So what it's saying is is that the world is actually set up in a fixed place. And the problem with this is that the psalmist is responding to an idea or question that you and I as the reader may have. Is that you're seeing that God is mighty, that he's strong, that he's majestic, But then you're saying, you know, I'm not sure that the world is firm and secure. It doesn't feel like that. There's there's chaos, right? Um, It's great. God's majestic and strong, but I don't feel that way. Well, here is what it's communicating. The world cannot be moved. The only way that our world can truly be moved is if God allows it or if God does it. So rest in that today. No matter how you feel no matter what you've experienced this last year or what you're anticipating may go wrong in this new year, rest in the fact that all is secure in God and that only He can move the world. Uh, why can't the world be toppled? Because God can't be toppled. That's what it's saying. And I, when I was thinking about this, I was thinking about baby proofing my house uh, for my sons, I I am uh, I am a thing of legend in my family for baby proofing. I just I every single tool baby proof. Everything was baby proof with my boys. And but as the boys got older and older, by the time we got to our third son, uh, it, it, it couldn't last anymore. Somehow the information to go beyond. Uh, the latches and everything else, uh, the third one just uh, went beyond all of the measures. And so they just took over and we just gave up and prayed a lot more. Uh, but God is more than capable of holding it all together. Uh, our best efforts like baby proofing or trying to, it doesn't work a lot of times. And, and there's there's things that happen, but with God, he can hold it all together. We fail, but God can hold it all together. Remember how the song goes. He's got the whole world, in his hands. He's got you and me sister in his hands, he's got you and me brother in his hands. Um, He's got the little tiny babies in his hands. Uh, He's got all of us here in his hands. He's got all of us here in his hands. He's got all of us here in his hands. He's got the whole world in his hands. It's true, it's true. There's so many things that pull us away from that, but it's true that God has the whole world in his hands. And in verse two, Psalm 93, it says, your throne was established long ago. You are from all eternity. Notice that the psalmist turns from talking about God to talking to God. And that's so important for us. It's a cue for us to put our our uh, our minds and our hearts from from talking about concepts to actually leaning into the true person of God. Uh, It speaks of his throne, and a throne speaks of authority, power, majesty, splendor. And God's throne was established long ago, it actually has never not been. And so the thrones of this world, people are elected, people step down, people are brought down from power all over the world throughout all history, and they last for a very short time. But God's throne lasts forever, and it's without beginning and without end, and it actually says here that. He is from all eternity. That means no beginning, no end. In our minds, it it blows our mind, right? Thinking about this. But with God, of course, that's how he would be if he's God. Now in verse three, we go on to look at the might of God. And so the seas in verse three have lifted up. Lord, the seas have lifted up their voice. The seas have lifted up their pounding waves So in the Bible, in the ancient Near East, the sea represents chaos and disorder, Uh, the struggle between the sea and the land. Uh, You know, in our lives, there's happenings and there's people that seem to threaten the world uh, and even seem to threaten God. Uh, And there's real strength behind these happenings and these things in our lives. Some happened in 2023 to you personally, and they happened on a world and local scale too and some will happen in 2024. But the sea can rise and it seems unstoppable and tearing down that which is solid. There's this cosmic battle between the sea and the land in our world. Uh, in Southern California where I'm from, there's homes, these beautiful uh, multi-million dollar homes that sit right on the cliff in the ocean, amazing view. But all throughout the coast in Southern California, the homes that are right on the cliff, that which seemed settling and good, many of these homes are now having to be torn down. And, and because the cliffs are are breaking away, because the ocean just pounds relentlessly. And, and you may feel like that in your life. You may feel like one of those homes on the cliff. And you may feel like the foundations uh, battling down. But you're going to be encouraged by something we read in a second. Uh, you know, the sound of the ocean churning can be deafening. If you ever go where there's big waves and it's just coming again and again, the sound can be just be so loud and so it can be in our lives. Uh, the relentless pounding of the waves is formidable uh, from the ocean and that's why it represents chaos. You know, the ocean pushes against the boundaries that God set for it. Uh, Job 38 verse 11 says, This far you may come, speaking of the ocean or the sea, and no farther, here is where your proud waves halt. So we need to remember who actually set the limits for things, chaos in the ocean and other things. You know, the neighbors of the Israelites uh, had these myths and there was this cosmic battle between a creator God and a sea monster or a dragon or a serpent, right? And their idea, though, was that uh, was that there was, it was like this equalness. It was a, a dualistic idea that there was equal good and equal evil. Uh, there is evil in the world and there is chaos in the world, but it is not equal to God. You see, the Israelites had their story, but in their story, God has control over the sea. And God has control over the sea monster. And even in uh, Revelation, the beast of Revelation, in Revelation 19.20, uh, the, the beast emerges from the sea and it's subdued and then cast into the lake of fire. And so God has control over the sea and over the monsters that come out of it. And in the New Testament... We see Jesus exercise authority over the sea and the ocean, right? We see him walking on top of the sea. We see we see him going through storms with his disciples, and everybody is losing faith, but Jesus is taking a nap and he gets up and he speaks to the storm in the sea and he says, Be still, and it is. And so it's reminding us that God has control over and in the midst of chaos. You know, and then in the last days. Uh, there'll be a new heaven and a new earth. Uh, you know, heaven and earth come down to us and renews everything. Creation will be renewed, including us. And it's interesting, in Revelation 21, there is actually no sea, it says. So the ocean is gone. And so think about that. What is it trying to communicate? It's, it's communicating that there will be no more chaos, so the reason there's no more sea is there's no more chaos when everything's said and done isn't that encouraging also too for us people in the midwest we're ahead of the times everybody will be living in the midwest in all of eternity because there's no sea anymore i don't know how that works for surfers i've always wanted to surf in eternity but we'll we'll find out how it works verse four it says mightier than the thunder of the great waters mightier than the breakers of the sea the lord on high is mighty. So the Hebrew phrase here actually is closer to what the New American Standard Bible translates this as. So it would say, more than sounds, the sounds of many waters, than the mighty breakers of the sea, the Lord on high is mighty. So that phrase, more than. That's something I want you and I to grab onto as we finish 2023. And step into 24, 24 is that we would get into our minds and our hearts to remember that God is greater than the chaos by simply just saying the Lord is more. So whatever chaos you had in 2023, you would speak to it and you'd speak to your heart and speak to those that you love around you that have gone through it with you and say the Lord is more because that's what encourages us with. So the Lord is more than the thunder of the great waters, the noise of our lives I don't know about you but I have so much noise in my life that tries to speak louder than the voice of God and the truth of God and so the Lord is more than the noise the Lord is more than the breakers of the sea you know the Lord is greater and more than the pressure in your life whatever pressure you have today whether it's financial or relational uh, or uh, psychological or spiritual, you, you you all have great pressure in your hearts and your lives. Know that the Lord is more than that pressure in your lives. Finishing up, verse five, it says, uh, Your statutes, Lord, stand firm. Holiness adorns your house for endless days. So here's what we finish with, is that, We are good, safe, and secure from top to bottom. What do I mean? Well, Psalm 93, this is the structure, verses one through two, moves downwards from the effects of the Lord reigning into the chaos and then the reality of that he is more than. And then also Psalm three through four, where you have chaos and then you have the reality of God, it moves upwards towards The reality that Lord, the Lord reigns. From top to bottom, we are safe and secure. That is what God is trying to communicate. But I do want to press on this one last thing. Is that it says holiness adorns your house. Something is holy, it means that it's set apart. As we step into 2024, recognize that this top to bottom safety and goodness... It's holy because it can only be found in him. This safety, no matter what happens, this this uh, protection, even in the midst of chaos, this more than comes through relationship with Jesus Christ. It comes through only him. And that's why it is holy. We know where we can find these things. It can't be found anywhere else. And so this is how it's to be for the length of days, it says. It's as eternal as God himself. And so in 2024 and in 2023, as we straddle the two today, name your chaos. What is it? You've probably been thinking about it as we've been talking today. What is your chaos? What area of your life is it? Where's the noise? Where's the pressure? I would encourage you to name it and pray a simple prayer and ask God to bring your chaos back into order. And here's what we know, there will still be chaos, but how we relate to it and how we are towards it and what it does to us and how we live our lives in the midst of it will all come through this grabbing onto the Lord, knowing that he is more than the wind and the waves, and he is more than anything that you and I are up against today.